looking for the king of podcasts, you're in the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want to host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up, Crazy Train Radio? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my god. Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. This medicine is made for extreme cases of being keel or having extreme depression. Oh come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com.
this is Robin Shelby, Slimer from Ghostbusters 2, and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio. least favorite host in a podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isles. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. Since we're coming on the 30th anniversary of <laughs> Ghostbusters, and not too long, I guess in the next year or so, it'll be the 30th anniversary, which is scary, of Ghostbusters 2 as well. Right. Uh, we actually have, through Skype right now, Miss Robin Shelby. Robin, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me, by the way. Hey, no problem. Yeah, this has been in the works for about two months or so with everybody's with the, everybody's busy schedule, but yeah, all good. We finally made it happen. Yes. That's the important part. Yes, it's being done as we speak and being taped. <laughs> uh, that's here and there. But how have you been? I guess we'll ask right away. I've been I've been doing great actually. You know, keeping busy and uh, out of trouble. So I guess that's a good thing. Uh, is, so. Well, isn't there a lot of trouble you can get into in the West Coast there? Or? Oh come on, of course, absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, just ask. I had to ask because of some of the previous conversations we've had. Living where you live in uh, Southern California, I just got to mm-hmm. make sure you don't get in trouble with that pu- puppy of yours there. <laughs> Yes, my puppy's wonderful, and she gets in all kinds of trouble, enough for me and my husband together. So uh, it's all good. So who's – <laughs> then I got to ask then, uh, who mm-hmm. is the uh, lead dog in the house? Is it the husband that keeps everybody in line, or is it you? You know, it, it's the puppy that keeps things in line around here. She rules the roost. Is that horrible? So, it's no, awful. it's not horrible. It's like a child, I would say, right? Very Exactly, very much so. She's definitely like having – Having a kid, the only thing is you can't kennel a baby; you'd get arrested. Oh. So, so that's that's the only benefit to a dog. <laughs> well, well, you know, the only thing though is I, my kids over in a being in a kennel now. Uh, with, <laughs> yeah, do they like do they like the kennel? They go in there on their own. Well, you know, well, I don't know if she <laughs> likes it, but oh wait, hold on, my cell phone is ringing. I think that's Typhus calling now. Yeah, that that's the state calling. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, what was that you said about kenneling your daughter? You know that? <laughs> no, that ain't. Oops, my bad. Saying on a public forum like this, that ain't right. Uh, all right, got to rein. I got to rein in it a little bit for myself anyway. Like I said before, we were talking beforehand. Uh, mm-hmm. Being honest and getting in trouble. I'm gonna get myself in trouble if I don't rein myself in a little bit here, Robin. Oh. <laughs> Have fun. Be honest. I love it. Okay, yeah. Uh, So like I was saying there, we are coming up on the 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters and, Mm -hmm. you know, almost to that point with Ghostbusters 2, which you were tied to as Slimer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you believe it's been that long since the series has started? No, it's been 25 years ago that that Ghostbusters 2 was released. And no, it doesn't – it it seems like it's for me, honestly, yesterday. It's really weird. But it's it's hard to believe 25 years have passed. But the cool thing is, um, and I talk about this a lot, after, how many films after all these years, after 25 and 30 years, have this kind of um, attention and staying power? 
you know, it just kind of goes to show the writing was so great and uh, the lead actors, everybody in, in the movies, you know, everything was so incredibly funny and it stands up today. The comedy in that, in, in the films are, are just as amazing today as they were 25 and 30 years ago. So, well, I got to ask you, cause it's been a hot topic of lately and of mm-hmm. the past couple of years anyway, but it's finally in recent months and weeks, finally been confirmed uh ghostbusters 3 have have they reached out to you at all to have some sort of involvement with it no i've you know i've i'm pretty much i've heard what the fans have heard it's like it's on again it's off again bill is involved he's not involved um there it's an all-girls cast it's not it's i i don't really until it actually happens and they yell action on ghostbusters 3 it's hard for me to to really you know pay attention to too much anymore until it's for sure there's just a lot of rumor, a lot of a lot of a lot of talk, but like nothing concrete at this point. Well, uh, do you hope the phone rings? Uh, of course. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm. I, I have a really kind of cool idea. I think it would be fun for people. Um, for instance, um, myself and and Jim Fai, who actually uh, played, he's the guy who did the Statue of Liberty, and the Ghost Jogger, to take a bunch of these people that are kind of behind the scenes, but the fans know who they are. And, and kind of give them little cameos within the film. I think that would be kind of fun for the fans to see. Almost like um, a wink and a nod to pay homage to... Uh, yeah, little off. Easter eggs within the movie that the fans could that fans could enjoy. It's like, go back to Ghostbusters 1, you could... you could uh, the, the guy who played um, Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, you know, Billy Bryan could be, could be there. It, it would just be so much fun, I think, and it would be a wink-wink, you know, to the, to the fans, I think. Yeah, for everybody to be involved. Uh, exactly. Well, speaking of the cast that you mentioned there, of mm-hmm. you know everybody pitching in and making it, making both films uh, so far successful and lasting this time, uh, how can we not talk about uh, Harold? Uh, yeah. How? When did you find out about Harold, and did you or were you in touch with him at all throughout the years? No, see, I, the funny part about the job that I that I did on Ghostbusters 2, I was kind of in the San Francisco Bay Area at Industrial Light and Magic shooting alone in front of a blue screen. So technically, I didn't have to work with any of the cast members. My stuff was shot separately. They, you know, like the cast would shoot their stuff in New York, and then the special effects group would shoot their stuff, and then you put it all together. Put it all together. So um, I didn't have to work with unfortunately any of the cast members because i think they're so talented it would have been amazing i've met some of them since then but sadly harold was not one of them that i actually worked with in person uh, even though we were in the same film together we never we never got to meet but a huge fan um obviously a huge loss um some of the best american comedies you can attribute to mr ramus you know he's it's, it's a huge loss. We've lost a lot of really, really good, funny people recently. It's kind of sad. Yes, uh, and one being, uh, as it is taping, unfortunately, is uh, Joan Rivers. Uh, exactly. Past, in the past couple of days. So. And, of course, Robin Williams. You know, oh, yeah. it's like these are huge, huge comic icons that, you know, they'll, they'll live forever in their work, thankfully, but... Um, I found out, you asked me how I found out, I was um, sitting on a computer on Facebook, and at first I didn't believe it, I kind of saw a few posts, 
and then a few private messages and then a ton of private messages came in. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? And then, of course, I went to like a few legitimate news new sites like CNN and said, OK, is, is, is it being posted there, too? And it was. And that's where it was kind of confirmed. And I, I started crying. You know, it's like it was just really it was very sad. It was very sad. Well, are you saying Facebook is not legitimate? news <laughs> sometimes no, <laughs> you no know? I, know. <laughs> I know what you're saying though know. and but you know, i always want to confirm it you just never know yeah. you know it yeah unfortunately but, things get out there on social media which is good and bad but yeah it's definitely one of those things not that we're making light of uh Howard's death here but exactly. yeah just the way she said uh she had found out but he was right. definitely as far as comedy is concerned a one of the pioneers for his time period, you know, he you know, involved with Stripes with fellow co-star of Ghostbusters, Bill Murray and Caddyshack and just you, we don't need to really go down the list. People know and movie fans know the list of things he was involved with. But I really wish I had been given the chance to, um, to he's one of the cast members that um, although we're in the same film together. You know, we we never really cross paths, and it's 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 really unfortunate. I would have loved to have to have met met him and possibly worked with him again in the future on another film. Like I said, I just really idolized him. Just an amazing talent. Well, because obviously, from last I had seen uh, with Ghostbusters three being uh, edited, as far as like the writing and things like that, uh, to go to film next spring. Can mm-hmm. the can the franchise, even though it, from what I've heard, being the torch being passed on to a new generation or whatnot, can mm-hmm. it be the same? Do you think without how? It's going to be a, in my mind. It's it's a huge hole that's going to be there because um, he was like the heart, one of the creators, the writers. He was like the the heartbeat behind, you know, both films. So I I don't know. I think for me it's it's it's. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. He was a humongous portion of what Ghostbusters was. So I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah, because there was another franchise that I know is in the can and a second film is coming out with it. And I was kind of asking the same question, even though it has its full cast. Yeah, just with the time period there. Because like you said, it's been 25 years since Ghostbusters 2. Right. And it's... you know. That's one of those things I think you would ask as a fan if the third does come out and is produced. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? Like, how, will time at least change it? And, you know, I don't know how to describe it. It definitely seems like uh, we'll, t- we'll, we'll live up to the hype and all that kind of thing. I just hope if it does get made, I hope they're really careful and the comedy, it's as good or better. I don't see that. That would be tough to make it any better, but um, that it stands up to the other two films. You know, I hope they make it because it's a good film, not just because they want to make a third film to yeah. make some money. I hope they do it because it's going to be great for the fans, and you know, people will love it. Yeah, there, there's a fine line there with a, uh, you know, as far as uh, doing it, like you said, to make try to make some money or right. doing it for the art of doing so. Uh, however, though, I had recently heard with you mm-hmm. that there was a project recently announced, uh, Evening of the Dead, uh, yes. that you're tied to. What is the mm-hmm. story behind this project here? Well, it's uh, there is a 
there's a, a gentleman who uh, was basically trained or with the, the BBC, who's now a, a director producer in Scotland. Um, it's called Bad Pony Media, um, and he he's a Ghostbusters fan. We kind of connected on Facebook. He befriended me because he found out, oh, here's here's a girl who played Slimer in Ghostbusters too, and we started talking. And he said, I have I, I really want to work with you. Um, here's a movie coming up. What do you think? And uh, and I. I actually, I auditioned, I put it on tape here in the U.S., sent it to him, and, uh, and got cast shortly after that. Um, so it, it's funny how one job can kind of um, stem out and you get other work just because of one job you did 25 years ago. Because he was a fan, he kind of reached out to me, and um, now I have another project possibly in the works really soon here. So I'm really excited about that. Well, do you notice that a lot with your career? Because... You are a working actor for sure, or actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you notice that a lot with the jobs you have gotten over the 25 years that a lot of it stems from one uh, pro- project in particular that you've done? Yes and no. I'd say there's been a few definitely. Um, they, they found out about me because of the, the past work I've done. And there are some people that have hired me not even knowing. Um, what what I have done in the past. They they had no clue that I worked on Ghostbusters 2. And most recently, I've kind of, um, my husband and I have kind of created some of our own work. We've we've written, you know, a, a web series that we've produced that we're really, really proud of. Um, and so, you know, we kind of gone out and done our own thing as well, um, which, is, which has been an amazing learning process because I had to not only be in it, I not only had to be the actor, but I, I was the producer. I had to schedule everything i had to talk to the union to get it all all the paperwork done it was it was a really huge undertaking but um but i'm really glad i did it it's been a lot of fun well speaking of that because that's an interesting topic in itself and have discussed uh other actors and actresses who have Mm -hmm. done both roles both behind the camera and in front of the camera Mm -hmm. uh how stressful is something like that (laughs) to uh like you said you got it not only are you working in front of the camera for the project, but like you said, you're dealing with the union, you're dealing with paperwork, you're dealing with, you know, just the business side of the particular project that you're working on. I, I, I acting is, is where my heart is. I think I had, I produced because I had to, um, it was kind of a necessity to, to, just because it's, I wanted to get it accomplished. So my husband directed, he, he, and he's really, he's a wonderful writer and and he's very funny, and but his heart is also in acting. But we're kind of doing these outside other jobs within the industry, like writing and producing, just so we can we can get it out there and get it done. But but it, I think it makes you a more well-rounded actor um, by by knowing that side of it and knowing um, what it takes to get it done. Because I think you appreciate those people a little bit more when you're on the set next time and you write in you run into the writer or um, a grip or um, a producer, you kind of, you kind of know what what they're dealing with. So there's a little more compassion, I think. Well, okay. Would you say the producing and, like you said, your husband directs and, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just you write and just the different jobs that you guys entail. Mm-hmm. Does uh, that make you say a better uh, or more? De- would you say it makes you a better uh, negotiator, or would you say it makes it more difficult to? go for work because you understand the business side of things and you want to make sure you get your piece of the pie say for when you're going for a job 
Oh, so you're talking like when, when I'm not producing and I'm an actor going for a job. Yes. Does it make me, it maybe makes me more aware, but I, when, when I'm strictly, when I'm an actor and it's not my show that I'm producing, I, you kind of have to take that hat off and hopefully the person who is working for you, you, you just trust them and you let them go to bat for you. Um, and you know, you understand a little bit more, but you know, it, it's, it's really difficult, um, for me, even like when I'm producing our web series, there are, there's the production end of things where I'm putting it together beforehand. And then there's the day of the shoot that I have to take that producer hat off and put the actor hat on. And that, that's a really tough part for me actually is when I'm doing everything, it's like putting myself in that mindset of what I have to be doing at the time and not trying to do everything. Um, my husband would constantly be like on the day, Robin, you know, you put on the actor hat. You're the actor today, which is true. Cause I would try to like do too much and my head needed to be in one place. And, um, I, th I think the more you learn is like, I, I I'm kind of a person that kind of wants to have my hand in everything. And, uh, and I think I just need to learn how to focus when I'm, when I'm producing. The good thing is about being an actor and not producing. That's kind of easier for me. Um, just because not, I have one thing to do and I, I have my lines. I have, I, I have to, be prepared and and do the best job I can do, and I don't have to worry about anything else. I, I kind of I kind of enjoy being on the set and just being the actor, personally. Okay, but uh, do, I guess you have like you said you have a agent and everything else that you can give the ball to handle your business affairs as far as the acting jobs. Yeah, there there are people that you just have to yeah, exactly uh, your your manager or your your agent whoever you you turn it over and and just. Uh, you just trust that they're, they're they have your back and and that they're doing the best for you. Well, does would you say you now now that we bring up that side too? Because it was interesting. We were just recently uh, last week or two speaking with uh, Simon Bradford from the Hell best known from the Hellraiser series and all. Okay. And uh -huh. I found it interesting that he does. Yeah, and I yeah he. I could say this because he threw this out there during the interview that he handles all of his business affairs. Strictly as an actor, you know, he don't produce or anything like that uh, himself, which I found wow. which I found interesting. You know, we were talking about the same, uh, you know, same similar topic that because he does a lot of stage work on uh, over in uh, Europe and the UK and all as well. And I just right. found it interesting that you know he's saying, you know what. I get what I get, and you know I'm not afraid to you know negotiate my own deals and you know, right. Which I guess that's good and bad. But he also said I lose, I've lost work because of that too. You know? Well, most recently for me, um, recently I've had to kind of deal with some of my own stuff because I was with an agent for a while who basically decided to not be an agent anymore and closed her doors. And so most recently I haven't, I have not had an agent to field those, those requests in the paperwork and, and to go to bat. So lately I've kind of had to watch my own back and I'm still looking, you know, be looking for somebody that, that again, that I trust to, to watch my back. But so I've had a little bit of experience lately kind of um, dealing with things all on my own. Well, speaking of that, because like you said, you're kind of looking to have somebody to watch your back and all right. uh, with the business affairs and all. How hard is that for you to or anyone in the entertainment industry to mm -hmm. really find somebody that you can trust that will be handling a lot of those affairs for you? Because like you said, there is a got to be real 
trustworthiness there. They're like they're like they're supposed to be your best friend, your your therapist, your your doctor, everything. It's like they're yeah, you're supposed to trust them completely and and it's tough. You know, you you want to you want to be sure that it's a good fit. Um you want to make sure like they they like you, they're they're excited about you and you're excited about them. Cuz um I think every every almost every actor has had that situation where they might be with somebody and you know they're they're just they're with them but there there's no excitement on the agent's end to 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 get them out and to help them and so you're kind of just there just kind of in their file not really doing a whole lot they're not really working for you so you want somebody who's not only that you trust but somebody who's like I really like her and I, I want to I believe in her and I want to help her out and that that's what you want somebody who completely believes in what you do. Well, you've speaking of uh, doing some theater and. Other things mm-hmm. like we had mentioned with, uh, you know, some other people we have talked to and other genres mm-hmm. that you and me have talked about so far with this interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I know you've done both voiceover and theater work yourself. So, but also film. Uh, do you have a particular genre that you enjoy doing stuff with? I, I got into the uh, industry when I was about eleven or twelve doing musical theater, and that's always going to be kind of my first love. Um, I absolutely, there's nothing like um, being with a live audience, hearing live reaction, and you're all in it together. You know, it's like, it's just, it's a, I want to call it a communal experience. Everybody's enjoying it. They're, they're feeling something that, that you're, that you're giving to them. And there's nothing like it. Film is amazing. The, The good thing about film is you shoot something and it's there forever. Like Ghostbusters, for instance, will be there for every generation following us to see but like when you do theater it's kind of when it's done it's done you know it's like when you close closing night there is no something that you generally can have forever you know to 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 show so I, i think film is really cool in that sense and theater is just an amazing experience to 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 be in front of a live audience it's it's that's my first love i have to admit well Speaking of film and you do stuff with the web series and everything mm-hmm. like that, uh, does that make you more nervous waiting to get a reaction compared to theater where you get that reaction, good or bad, right away? I think when, when you're shooting something as an actor, you just you have to trust yourself. that Let's say it's a comedy, even though you're not going to hear laughter because if you do – the take is ruined. So you, you know, even though people might want to laugh because you're doing something funny, it's like you don't get that reaction that you would from a live audience. You have to trust yourself that that what you're feeling feels good, that it that you think it is funny, and you trust your director to to look at what you did and and say we got it. It's it's good. Let's you know I think we're we're, we're good to go. In theater, you kind of you don't need that. You know, it's like you either get a no laughs at all or you get a huge laugh and you know it worked. Um, so film, you just kind of have to trust a little bit, a little bit more. And you just got to go with your gut. Well, speaking it. of trust there, are you one of those actresses that, because uh, I've heard different actors uh, and actresses say throughout time there, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your training and philosophy and everything else like that, some will say that I've heard anyway, that what is on the paper is golden. Yeah, you know, what is on your script. But let us say, depending on the job, it's, uh, you know, you can play around with it. Like if it's comedy or, you know, different, depending on the genre you're looking in. That right. There's a, and the, I guess the director as well, that there's might be some wiggle room depending on where you're at 
within the story you're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, like when you're working in film, I think that's all a, a director and a writer's call. Generally, whenever I go in for an audition, I try to do it word for word because you might have a writer that, that that's, that's, that's their heart. They want to hear what they put on the page. And if, if you start paraphrasing and kind of doing your own thing, you could easily offend somebody. If the writer's in the room, you don't want to take what they wrote and kind of scramble it up. Um, but there are times on the set that you might do it word for word, and then they might say, you know what, Let, let's play with it a little bit. But I, I don't do that on my own. I would, I would, wait, I would wait to see if they, they, they want it to be played with at all. Because generally, I, I don't like playing with words unless everybody's cool with it. Well, how about opening uh, to suggestions? Like if you have suggest, like if you're reading something, you're on set or whatever the case is, whether it be film or, you know, it's kind of hard with theater because a lot of times in theater, it's stuff that's been around for years. You know, your right. Annie's, your Oliver's, your things like I've that. I've done both those shows, by the way. Yes, I know. I've seen your uh, <laughs> resume. Uh, good man, Charlie Brown. Uh, you know, certain, you know, certain uh, staples in the theater are, right. you know, that's. It is what it is. People know those stories. Wizard of Oz. But there's, like, with film and or, you know, some other projects, you know, there might... Are you willing to at least make some suggestions, even though you don't change the words, unless it's cool with everybody? You know what I'm saying? Is there... Are you willing to suggest things? Absolutely. Hopefully you have that that, um, communication with, like, your director. If something... If, if, if you're looking at a line and, and it's just not coming out right, it's not feeling right when you say it, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, what do you think if... And then, and then you go to them to see how they feel. And they might say, no, I really need you, I need this line to stay the way it is. Or they'll, they'll listen to the suggestion and say, well, let's try it. I don't think... Yeah, I, I've, I've actually said that... You know, I've actually suggested certain things in the past. I try and... It, I only do that if it really doesn't feel right. Um, but I'll... I'll I'll make a suggestion, and if they're open to it, then I'll do it. But I don't want to just make that choice on my own while we're shooting, and uh, and and change lines as we're going without without discussing it. Well, yeah, there's got to be that open line of communication. I would exactly think, when you're exactly. Now, while speaking of your husband again, uh, you said he is a director. How is he tougher on you with projects you've done together with the web series, or the, no, would you say weird. he's He's able to be hubby and nice and everything like that. Um, there's a, there's a great give and take with me and my husband, and especially when when we're working together on a project, I think um, we'll talk about it leading up to the day that we shoot. And he's really open to. It's kind of going back to what we talked about. I'll say, well, what if this line was this way? Because he's also he's the writer of of the web series, and I again I would not want to change his stuff without. Even though he's my husband, I don't want to, you know, trump him and say I'm going to change the line without talking to him and seeing how he feels. So th- there's a great there's a great communication. He's not tough on me, but he'll definitely say, you know, this didn't work, or um, you know, Robin, you kind of you, you missed this line here. Let's take it again. He's not ever. He, he's extremely compassionate and honestly wonderful, but he's also he he is talk about honest. He he will he will say something didn't work or it looks amazing. And I, I trust him because he'll, he won't just say, oh yeah, it's good. Unless I, I really trust him if he says, yes, it worked. And so we, I, th- I think we have a really good 
because you know because of our our marriage and how long we've known each other it only helps us when we work together because there's a great great give and take that we have uh, i think it works really well well let me ask you this then you know cause even though there's that great relationship and good give and take and everything else like that mm-hmm. uh are you able to I don't know how I wouldn't say anything gets heated at work, but are you able to leave work at work then when you guys go home for the day? It, you know, you keep personal and professional life separate there if you're working together. Oh, definitely. I, I think we I think we feed off the creativity. There's never a we don't really get too heated over the, the jobs that we do. I think we get more excited about it. I, th- I think I think when we're shooting something, we get to look at it afterwards, for instance. It's, it's just a, a lot of joy i think we look at it going oh my gosh this is so funny this is working really well i think it 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 just is is is, it's a positive thing generally for us almost every time it's 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 just always a good thing when we sit back and the fruits of our labor you know when we see it played back and and it's working it's it's amazing so generally no we don't we don't we don't hold on to any bad stuff at all honestly I, i can honestly say we're pretty good at just trying to find the good in it and and uh enjoying the process well uh, the interesting thing that I had read in doing my research, and or lack <laughs> there, yeah, they they surprised my parents surprisingly taught me how to read, which is scary. <laughs> uh, Good for them. Good yeah, for them. How dare they actually try to you know, be parents? And how dare yeah. they? Uh, how dare they teach? How dare they teach? Yeah, you know, wanted me to learn something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I had noticed that you have done some stunt work as well, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit yeah. back in the. Uh, early to mid 90s 94 95 something along those lines uh well how often do you do stunt work other than the things that i had seen and has the stunts what you have done taken a toll on you physically i've only done i've done a couple of jobs um i I worked on little rascals and the fantastics um doing stunts and i honestly realized that you have to have a certain constitution to do stunt work and I really don't have that. Um, I, and, and I admire anybody who is like a hardcore, talented stunt person because I, I'm i an actor who I happen to be petite. So they would be like, you know, you're, you you fit this, uh, the, the, the build of this preteen that we need to have a stunt for. Um, do, do you want to you want to do it? And it just it I learned pretty quickly that it just I'm not the best at at taking physical risks. It's just um you know that that's why you have stunt people and people who are completely fearless at that i'm fearless as an actress i'm not necessarily fearless as far as heights and um and danger i'm really not and i, I kind of realized that on the fantastics um i was uh, the character um the main character in the fantastics gets shot out of a cannon um as in the film and i was the girl who got shot out of the cannon for her and i was actually suspended from a wire hanging on to a platform and the wire had cut my back pretty badly. Um, and, uh, and I, I kind of was showing the stunt coordinator and that's their mindset. He's like, you know, suck it up. He's like, you know, come on, you can, you, you can do this. And that, that is their mindset. It's like blood means nothing. And you know, it's like, they just, they forge ahead. And I, I don't know. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't where my heart was. I, I could just tell, like, it's like, I'm going to leave this to the people who live for this. Cause it's, it's not, it's, it's not what I do. Well, well, would you say, uh, without throwing numbers out there, that the pay is mm-hmm. better with the stunt work compared to doing actress work, or 
Yeah, because of the risks involved that you take. I, I think it, it it depends on how established you are as a stunt person. I think, um, for instance, if you're Tom Cruise's stunt guy, you come with probably a price tag. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like and it's you're definitely going to make some pretty serious bank. But that was not me. I wasn't this established stunt person. I was this person that I was kind of okay. I'll give it a try. And it's it's it it's really about the same daily daily you know pay that you would get as an actress it's not a whole lot different but again if you're if you're doing that as a living and they know you you're gonna get quite a bit more so it can be really financially beneficial to be a working stunt person yeah because yeah you know, we we've dealt with uh people who've been you know unfortunately burned and you know exactly yeah you know, and just banged up in a car thing flipping cars and you know to, to just all the risks that are involved with doing stunts. So I wasn't sure they had set up a whole different system for, but that does make sense. Like you said, if you're Tom Cruise's stunt person compared to, you know, little, little Willow or something like that, exactly. yeah, which we know is a project you were involved with. Willow. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, like you said, you were a child actress though. And I, I was, yeah. Willow was a Lucasfilm and Ron Howard project. Yeah. Uh, you know, that costume you wore was uh, pretty interesting for sure. Pretty what amazing. You, what can you tell us about Willow and working for Lucasfilm at the time from what you remember? Well, if it wasn't for Willow, I never would have been cast as Slimer. Um, I tell this story a lot. It's true, though. It's like, you know, I, I got that job. It was a couple of days um, in front of, again, in front of a blue screen little bit of stunt work, not really technically stunts, but I was being suspended. I was on a bar and I was the troll for those who might not know the troll that got torn apart and eaten by a two headed Hydra monster. Um, <laughs> and Willow's on the bridge meets this troll and the troll gets killed. Um, and that was me who got torn apart. So the special effect was being torn apart and that's, that's what I did. Um, and, and I worked with them for a couple days. They, I realized very quickly that the most amazing people at ILM, they're um, so incredibly talented. It's, it's beyond belief. And so I was there for a couple of days. And then um, about a year later, um, my agent got a call and said, um, they kind of want to see you for an audition at ILM. And it, it didn't give me a lot of information, but I obviously I'm like, well, I'd love to go back to ILM. Sure. And then I realized when I showed up what I was auditioning for, for Slimer. And um, I was cast that day. But they they had actually lost. They had already had somebody to play Slimer that they they had lost due to scheduling, and and that's why they said, well, wait a minute, why don't we call Robin in? Because I'd worked on Willow, they remembered me and said, why don't we give her a call and have her audition? So I was pretty lucky that I got the job on Willow, because it, um, it was not only was it fun, but it allowed me again to get another job um, that was an amazing job to do. Well, that re unfortunately because of the Willow. Uh, scene you were describing for your character and getting torn apart it it, <laughs> it almost reminds me of that and i know you got a good sense of humor almost reminds me of that uh ron white joke uh from earlier in his career when he was making the uh, waves uh early in the blue collar series mm -hmm. when, when his father told him he ain't turning out to to be shit well that <laughs> well daddy guess what i end up now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was just one of those, you know, where, where he gets eaten by the bear. <laughs> he tells right, that right. joke. Daddy, right. I succeed at your goal. <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, 
See, I, uh, <laughs> I told you, I, I usually get into trouble here. It's okay. But, You're not in trouble. <laughs> no, but, uh. You're just having fun. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, we're having okay. fun with this. Uh, but, you know, how old would you say you were, if you don't mind me asking, with those jobs back-to-back, uh, with Willow and Ghostbusters with the, you know, you were a youngster, still like a preteen, weren't you at the time? No, I actually, I, I I believe I was just barely old enough to get a drink when I did Slimer. So you were 18, you know. Exactly. No, I was 12. No, I was 10. No, I'm kidding. Well, she she was still still at a bar. (laughs) But it's funny because when you look at pictures, I look like I'm about 12 in the the photos. I I not only was petite, but, man, I look like a, a kid. I'm surprised that they let me stay on the set. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I, there's, there's a video, um, and I was all proud of myself because I was actually able to have a beer. Um, Bill Murray came in um, to the set one day, and um, he was just checking things out. And at the end of the day, he brought in like music and 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 drinks, and, and just had everybody hang out and have a good time. And 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 there's part of the video it shows me um, with a beer in my hand, and I remember thinking, this is so cool. I get to actually have a beer in my hand, and it's okay. Yeah, have the kids go, have Bill walk around and go, who gave the kid a beer? You know, hey, <laughs> hey you, know, you know, Bill's a fun-loving guy from what we've heard, but it's like, yeah, who gave the kid a beer? He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a great guy. He, um, really, really nice. I was kind of speechless when I met him. I really was. I just kind of didn't know what to say, starstruck, you know, because yeah. I, of course, I appreciated him from all of his work and SNL and everything. I just, I... I just thought he was, I still do think he's amazing. And it's funny when you look at the video, you could tell I was just kind of this kid that was just like, wow, I don't know what to say. Happy, go lucky, just happy to be there. And Oh yeah. 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 And that's still my attitude. Honestly, it's like, yeah. you know, I hope that, I hope that never changes no. as far as just being grateful to, to get the work. Um, I know how many people like come to LA to get work as actors. And I know I'm luckier than probably, 95% of the people that show up to get work and I'm extremely grateful that I've been able to to at least be creative and and do what I do what I love and to actually yeah it's funny that you say that uh because another uh horror actor uh had told me that and it was interesting that he uh cuz he you know he knew the stats and figures and of all that stuff uh right off the top of his head he was talking about maybe only 1% of actors who are in the union and everything right. make a living. Yeah. I think a livable close. wage. It's like 2%, but he's very, very close. It's, yeah, it's very but true. He, Hardly yeah. anybody. Yeah. yeah. He, but he, he knew all the information because he, you know, he tries to read up on that. And he's been very fortunate. But he, right. was, say, he was saying that. Yeah, you because know, obviously people hear about you know, your Brad Pitts, your this one, your that one, who who are making twenty to thirty million dollars a picture, but yet, exactly. but he was talk, but he was talking that make an honest, honestly, a livable wage was only like one or two percent. What you were saying, it's a hard business, and you you better love it. You know, I, I have had a few people ask me like, what advice would you give um, for any any person that, that wants to give it a go. And I, I always say, if, if there's something else that, that is in your heart that you want to do, do it. But if that's the only thing that you can see yourself doing, um, and, and you're going to live past all the no's you might hear because you love it so much, then do it. 
Yeah. Oh, it was Doug Bradley I was thinking of. I couldn't think of his name, but he was the one who was, uh, you know, he was on the ball talking, you know, knowing all that stuff. Right, but, right. Uh, like you said, uh, get used to uh, definitely got to be something you enjoy, but I know sometimes some of the people I've met also enjoy food as well, too. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, food and being at electricity and, you know bathing more than once a week, you know, but paying uh, your rent, you know, yeah, all that, you know, all the logistical stuff. Most people don't rise can be a struggle early on in careers. That's for sure. It can definitely be a struggle. And just to get through that struggle, it's like, it's the love of, of, of what you, what you want to do. That'll keep you going. And, and if it's something that you have a doubt about, if it's something that, you know, but I also really, maybe I want to be a nurse. I'd probably say go be a nurse because it's going to be an easier, it's an easier path. But when you love something, that's all you can see yourself doing. Easy doesn't really matter. You just want to do it. And and that's that's why it's like if it's really in your blood and you really want to do it, surround yourself with people that um, want to do what you do and uh, surround yourself with creativity and learn and grow and go out there and do it. That's well, what I say. Well, would, would you say you were... Uh appreciate uh working for as long as you have you know as a working actress mm -hmm. yeah would you appreciate that more because you have been fortunate enough to make a living and constantly earning a check for work you've done oh my gosh yeah like i said I, i'm so appreciative and i know this doesn't happen for many i know like having having a a chance to to be a part of a film that is part of Americana forever and I'm a very small part of it but the fact that I, I was allowed to be a very small part of it um I'm forever grateful are you kidding I mean it's like yeah it, it's 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 amazing I'm one of the I consider myself one of the luckiest people around I really do yeah well hopefully you will be involved with uh Ghostbusters 3 that uh, would be awesome if that happened it, of course I would say yes immediately if if yeah. uh if they approach me, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Are you kidding? Yes. Uh, well, we do know that Robin has been auditioning for some other projects on conversations I've had with her and <laughs> you know, stuff we can't discuss at the moment. But <laughs> you know, if you want to you know, touch base with Robin and you know, she sells some photo product, signed production photos and you, know, you can get up to date with her on Facebook, you know, there's, oh, she, find me on Facebook. Yeah, yes, definitely. but, uh, if you want to get information from Robin and, you know, do all that stuff, uh, check out her website, her new official website, robinshelby.com. Uh, best way to touch base and get, find out about Facebook and email and, and Twitter and you all can that. Other. Message me. You can message yeah. me through there too. If you have a question or, you know, there's pretty much everything is on my website. There's a news, um, section that kind of kind of lets you know everything that's coming up for me so um i i had fun making it uh the website it was it was a lot of fun oh you know what speaking of which uh i do have to ask you real sure. quick because I, I just remembered it yeah <laughs> with the uh new news and doing the con appearances and all recently mm -hmm. uh you did one in florida uh i guess about a month ago how was yes. that uh convention um as always, in all honesty, I love meeting the fans. I love meeting the fans because they're generally so, um, they're grateful. You know, you, you were a part of, of what they love and, and they just want to know more about you and they want to say hi and, and it, that's a wonderful experience. Um, it was it was difficult in the sense that the first day the con, it, now this is Florida in August, right? Yeah. 
So it was like with the humidity, it was, I think it was like 92 degrees, but it felt like 103 or something like that. And because it, it's obviously very humid. Um, we're, we were in like a warehouse for the, uh, for the con. And unfortunately the air conditioning stopped working. Um, and when you're in a building with a lot of people, a lot of body heat, um, I had somebody pass out right in front of my table. Nice. Um, it was, I, I felt so bad. Everybody was dripping. It's just one of those things that happen. It's like, you know, the air conditioning happened to not work on a really big day for them. And, um, Luckily, the next day that was corrected, but um, it was one of my first time. I was never, in, I've never been to Pensacola, so it was my first time there. And wow, is it humid in August? Wow. Yes. I don't know how. How do you? How do you people in Pensacola, Florida, do it? I, in, in the summer, it's just like you walk for three minutes, and it's like you've taken a shower. I mean, honestly, it was, <laughs> maybe I'm just a big baby and I'm not used to it. Yeah. But um, we were, we were, we were dripping. But I made some good friends too. Um, I. I sat next to uh, a, a couple of people um, who were absolutely incredible. Um, one of which, um, Oliver Robbins, who is the little boy in Poltergeist, who was okay. afraid of the clown. Um, really, really, really nice guy. And um, my husband and I, we were, you know, we, we, we've had dinner with he and his wife since then. And um, it's just, you know, it's, it's really, those events are kind of fun because you get to network and meet and become friends with other people that you normally would never have gotten to meet yeah well you know that's why i remember telling you to that uh another friend of the show was there and i do hope you got to a chance to at least say hello to each other because that is a good contact to uh everybody to you know network and everything else that you just it said is. there it is it really is yeah so and you know it's funny because you said that unfortunately there was a hot day that first day with the lack of air conditioning and all which, wow. <laughs> which, which I will say it's, and I know it ain't right now. Probably catch some heat for saying this, but I don't care. If uh, for those type of events, sometimes the horror cons, I right. tend, I, and I'm not saying this is everybody, but there's a couple of people there at those type of events that I've been to. That you, you know, there's a couple of people there. You're going. Have you ever heard of soap and deodorant and showering? Well, have you seen some of the costumes that they're wearing, though? Yeah, no. It's like, these were, it's, it's, these were the people not in costume, Robin. I'm talking. Oh, okay. You're going. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's one thing if you're in costume. Yeah, you know, I get sweat. it. You're, you're going to sweat. It. I get yeah. it. You know, but it's like there's these people. It's like, oh yeah, they, they pretty much camp out in the lobby of the hotel wow. or what or the event location most of the time. I'm going. Right. Real, right. you know. Hey, I get you here to have fun and, you know, whatever. But it's like, how about you try bathing? You know? <laughs> See, I, it's funny because where I'm sitting, I, I I don't really notice it, to be honest, that much because I'm sitting generally in a, on a table yeah. talking to people on the other side. <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm, I haven't had very many bad experiences at cons. I'm pretty lucky. And I didn't know what to expect. The first time I did a convention was like, Three and a half years ago, it was Horror Hound in Cincinnati. Okay. Um, amazing. And it was kind of cool because there was um, William Atherton, Slavica, um, who played Gozer, Ernie, and myself. <laughs> um, so it was almost like a little Ghostbusters reunion. They put us in like this little a room that, that we were able to kind of be together, and they called it like the Ghostbusters room. And for, to, be, to have that be my very first event was 
a godsend because I wasn't sure if I'd like it. And I went into it saying, I'm going to try doing a convention. And if I like it, great. And if I don't, I don't have to keep doing them. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, I can see if it, if it works, if, if I'm happy, if, if, if it's a good experience and it was, and, and I've, I, you know, most, most of the time it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. And I always love meeting, meeting the fans that show up. I really do. Well, you know, would you say for the most part overall that the cons have been a good, uh, experience for you? Cause we oh, know yeah. you do have a good guy in Derek, uh, who handles, uh, your event bookings and all like that. I, I, I love him. He's, um. He, he, talk about trust and having your back. Yeah. I mean that he he's my rep for for conventions and I I I adore him. He definitely has his people's back in what making oh, yeah. sure that, that making sure they're okay and and that's all I can ask for. Yeah, cuz it it's funny, you know, that you know before we do let you go and all that. But it's funny that you uh say that Derek, you know, does have your back and has his clients backs. It's funny cuz a promoter had reached out to us about possibly using Robin. So I asked, yeah, you know, I sent Robin an email and all that and said, Hey, who does, you know, all this, that, this, that, and the other for her. And as soon as mm-hmm. she mentioned Derek's name, I, I almost popped uh, for those wrestling fans that will listen to this as well. Uh, yeah. I popped. Cause I, as soon as she told me who it was, I said, Oh, I dealt with Derek for this, this and that. Yeah. You know, and right. I, I knew right away as soon as she mentioned him that, that's a good. He's a good dude, and he's gonna do everything to make sure his clients are protected. That is for sure. I, I I've enjoyed. I've really enjoyed working with him. He's um and he's also outside of of working like at, you know like in the evenings when the convention is over. He's just he's a very funny guy. Yeah, he's a good he's, good dude yeah. just to sit and talk with, and you know everything else, and sit and have dinner and. Exactly. So he's a exactly. he's a good guy to be around besides working with him. That's for sure. I, I do. It was, it's a good fit. Like talk about, you know, I trust him and he supports me that, 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 that's a, an example of just a, a good fit to work together. So I'm, I'm lucky in that sense. Definitely. And that seems to be the theme of this uh, interview of good, uh, I know, yeah, just good people, I know. that underlining theme without discussing it, but that's for sure that, you know, I'm glad you noticed it too. Just about different projects you've worked with and the people and everything else, just that good, being surrounded by good uh, people around that's for sure robin i try to do that you know it's like i think everybody should i think whatever you you kind of um focus on and you put out you're going to get back yeah and i and i think i we all can kind of get frustrated and go to the negative and 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 me included but um i've really tried to focus more on finding the positive and putting good things out and i'm finding when you surround yourself with that and positive people Positive things will happen. It's true. Almost like a good karma kind of thing. That's right. Oh, absolutely. And and surround yourself with people who have good out good outlooks and and have good intentions and they're good people and good things will happen. They really will. Well, if you want to get more information on Robin, like I said uh, five minutes ago or so, uh, Rob, <laughs> yeah. Eh, now it's cool. We just go off on a tangent. It all all good in the hood here. Uh, yeah. Word. Uh, <laughs> RobinShelby.com. Robin, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had a great time talking to you. Wow! Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts, there's bound to be injuries. 
Now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope wanna jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting now that's what I call depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars, wrinkled ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend while Sincere Black 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. Hey, I know we have a lot of horror fans that listen to our shows, and I know things have been tough for everybody across the board these past six or seven months with what's been going on in the real world, but I wanted to make a suggestion to you horror fans, because I know part of the normal routine year in and year out is to attend different conventions to meet some of your favorite horror stars. However, none of us have been able to do that because of obvious reasons. But I do have a little suggestion for you. SignatureHorror.com Now, some may ask, what is that? Well, they obtain autographs for the fans from some of their favorite stars, from some of their favorite franchises. Whether it be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. They have different options such as, besides getting their autographs, you can do live Zoom calls with your favorite stars. You can do personalized videos for people, greetings of some sort. They just have many options. So, if you're looking for to spend some money that you may have spent at conventions, check them out and see the options they have. SignatureHorror.com That's right, SignatureHorror.com Hi, I'm Linnea Quigley. I'm a screen queen. And I'm on Crazy Train Radio. Listen, if you dare. 